What's up, everyone? Welcome to Desolation Radio. It's me, boy Dan Evans. Uh, welcome to our debrief of the Welsh elections. I'm here with your beloved boys, Nathan Cush, uh, the unsuccessful Propel candidate for Bridgend, Kieran Smith, the new Labour AM for Swansea East, and Steph Tinman, uh, the former Parliamentary Secretary and Butler for Neil Hamilton. How are you doing, lads? Yeah, great. I'm really happy with the result. <laughs> One seat was expected. Low turnout. But... <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit of a have I got news for you intro. I apologise to anyone who was listening. If well, we ever air on the side of like English smugness again, just like immediately kill me. This is a, this is a thing though, like because you know in the bit, big leagues and you know, it's just it's taken over. <laughs> yeah, just just gradually and imperceptibly changing and just becoming smugger by the by the minute. Like you've got a uh, guardian column to kind of polish off, like. Right, so look, look, looking at the result then, so Labour won 30 seats, they're currently in talks to form a majority government. Well, you know, de facto, they've already got a majority because the Speaker doesn't get to vote. So in practice, it means the opposition have 29 seats. So Kieran called it. I thought the Tories would come out in greater numbers. Uh, clearly, like even Mark Drakeford didn't think that they would do that well either, because if, if you've seen his face ever since, like he's just in his state of shock. Like, oh. um, yeah, uh, and he even said like their best case scenario in their head was like the, the the high 20s high 20s they couldn't have you know uh, predicted this one of the bonuses of course is a abolish Welsh assembly and UKIP now don't have a foothold that's obviously good you're surprised actually how badly they did so we've got no Mark Reckless no more Neil Hamilton which is amazing tragically however Neil McAvoy lost his seat terrible night for Plyde and for the left across Wales obviously uh, so we've lost Leanne Wood Wales's best socialist obviously long standing friend of the show a total body blow, given the fact that, you know, it was a really nasty smear campaign, you know, and the fact that Labour poured so many resources into dislodging, you know, Wales's most prominent socialist sort of shows to me the character of the party and who those people are, really. And so many of them are happy about it, you know. And Buffy Williams is that classic Welsh Labour combo of being quite thick, but also incredibly nasty. And by all accounts, she's going to be like a pawn of Chris Bryant. Turnout was terrible. 45.3%, uh, as low as 35% in some places. I believe Kieran's. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, Swansea East. Kieran was the only person who voted. He voted for himself. Like. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, 20 years since the start of devolution, uh, the vast majority of people in Wales are like, you know, literally disenfranchised. They don't vote. You know, there's a million people in Wales who aren't registered. And yet all the geniuses are coming out now and reading this as some you know, massively profound result. Whereas I think it, it's not a function in democracy in any meaningful sense of the word. Like it, it was, it, take, take any classical definition of democracy, this isn't it. Like, what was quite anyway. funny as, as well, like to jump off the back of what you were saying, is um, that, you know, uh, Propel and Abolish lost their seats and some circles on Twitter like acting like, um, you know, like the fall of Berlin. Yeah, yeah. Like it's fucking like, like raising the uh, red flag he's, over the just fucking hanged, Like just because fucking uh, abolished it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, as we've said, like some of the takes have been like absolutely appalling. There is a part of me that is sympathetic because obviously devolution and Wales were facing, you know, as some people thought, like an existential threat with you know the rise of abolish. So the fact they got wiped out. People have like they're des they're so desperate for good news in Wales. People are so desperate for something positive. They've taken this now as uh, this is the first time Wales is a distinct polity. You know, we're we're different from England. Um, we've rejected abolish. Obviously, I you know I completely disagree with these, but like these analyses, which I think are like moronic. But I can see that how people are like you know how people who are so desperate for good news would be happy that you know 
devolution has ostensibly been sort of endorsed. Anyway, what do, what do you guys think of, of what's gone on? I've like got it fucking wrong, didn't I? So I've got like an absolute like perfect score and just completely fucking miscalculating <laughs> the political what did you predict? I I thought that like basically there's a YouGov poll that came out about a month or two ago which put uh, Tories and Labour on thirty five percent and I was like like fuck like the Tories might actually win this and Kira was like no and I was like yeah well there's the data and stuff and it's like oh yeah obviously I'm fucking wrong like I couldn't imagine before this happened I couldn't imagine that uh, Labour would have generate the enthusiasm to drive their people to the polls yeah there's sort of like there's a kind of crude libidinal thing driving people's fucking desire to vote for Boris Johnson. And, like, was an uptick in the Tory vote. Like, people yeah. fucking celebrating it like it's a victory. But it's like the Tory vote and the Labour vote increased by the same amount of percentage points. So, like, the Tories <laughs> did better than they would have done otherwise, but also Labour did better than I expected they would do. And, if, like, I don't have to fucking live in a Tory Wales now, which is, like, a personally just, like... You know the feeling you get after like a sort of UK wide election where it's just like a couple of weeks where you're just like I'm fucking stuck on this island of absolute bastards who would like yeah, yeah. who would like spit in your face if you asked them for like twenty pence and then So like I haven't got that feeling so much, but it's still not it was a big surprise to me to see Labour fucking shore up our support. And like I can't get over the people going like oh it's because of the COVID response when we've just been like tearing our fucking hair out every week just like screaming that the COVID response has been apocalyptically bad and it's only the fact that we'd live we're living next door to England that makes it look in any way good fucking ludicrous so yeah it's a it's a shock and a surprise like all of it really for me anyway because I can't fucking predict anything like beyond like the next five seconds Kieran, you got it right. What do you think? What's your overall? <laughs> Clearly, on my step, I was perfectly plugged into the. I think it may, it's probably just because I live in Swansea, and um, Swansea is is stone labour, and never will be any, anything other than that. No, not staunchly, lazily labour, because you know yeah. it's five percent turnout. Um, yeah, I did. I did. I expected it to turn out this way, and I think yeah, Drakeford probably was surprised. But I think what's interesting is the soundbite that he's using now and has been the last few days, stable and progressive. And I think that really is speaks exactly to the sort of lack of aspirations of most of the support for the Labour Party in Wales. And I think what we have probably all, we all hope differently, but I think what we all maybe misread when we you know we look at welsh twitter and we you know it, we talk yeah, to yeah. kind of national nationalists and socialists in this country you know you forget that most people who have any even the people who do have an ounce of of nationalistic sentiment in wales are generally you know it's tinged with laborism like where welshness is tinged with laborism for all those people and i think that's what that this vote is reflected is that yes people do want a sense of difference from uh, from Tory Westminster and from Englishness and from the way that England has handled the pandemic and all the rest of it. Um, but I think, you know, the, it, what underpins that is obviously still Labourism. And, I, and it, I, I, I just don't know right now how we start to separate that, those things, you know, the idea of, of progressive independence and, and this idea of 
laborism and socialism which isn't really socialist at all but, uh, but that i did this stable and progressive thing i think is really interesting because for a start it's very it's really reactionary and conservative it's yeah, really close to theresa may's stable and yeah, strong and stable, strong and stable. Yeah. i thought it was slow and stable yeah so it's, it's <laughs> sexy and stable. The, tota, the motto of a tota yeah yeah slow and stable though but um, i've got a hard like, shell like, can... like, how, how I'm not sure how you can be both stable and progressive, right? Because you can be stable in the sense of you stand still, just carry on the way things are. But people, Welsh Labour people, you know, they they live on this idea of like this, the trappings of socialism, the trappings of progressiveness and this idea that, oh, yes, but we're different in Wales. We're progressive in Wales, aren't we? That's what we are. We do things right in Wales. We do things the stable and right way. But... But we're progressive in the sense that we promote um, no more parking on pavements or, <laughs> or 20. Yeah, we That extends in Wales. And I think that's that is what's fucking embarrassing about this result, really. The thing is, if you get this type of one party dominance in any kind of society, and it's like it, it's it's weird seeing the sort of party systems become more distinct and also sort of more entrenched in terms of like London being exclusive Labour, Wales being majority fucking Labour, you know, the Scot- Scotland having majority SNP and then England just being an absolute fucking Tory desert outside of a few cities. But it's like the problem is if you have this type of lack of political contestation within the ruling party, it attracts every single fucking like uh, briefcase weirdo who's like a professional fucking politician and hasn't got any interest in actually, deli- you know, any kind of ideology or actually delivering any kind of imperial, uh, material benefits for people. But also it just leads to complete like absolute stagnation in terms of the yeah. quality of the people you get then. It's been fascinating for, you know, for someone who's literally dedicated, <laughs> dedicated over four years to a marxist you know anti-laborist podcast like it's I just had zero impact <laughs> like, in, in terms of the commentary at in England and in wales because yeah. you know you wake up and every single person like you know tribune written this you know the, the mick Antony article today mark drake for the socialist has won and and all the you know all the talking heads like grace blakely saying anywhere in, in the uk where you claim to be a socialist you win and all this stuff and like i mean <laughs> as we said earlier it's been a very good election then for people with the brains of children who think that, you know, their political analysis doesn't extend beyond labour of the good guys, which is something, if you're like a Marxist, I'd say that's, or even a socialist, like Kieran said, that's the sort of stuff you normally grow grow out of when you're 14, but, like, that's just, it just hasn't happened. And, like, and the maddest thing is, is, like, we, you know, Kieran and I are actually going to have to write a full-length book for anyone to take this stuff seriously because it's just got to the stage where, epistemological terms is quite interesting because you know mark drakeford will turn i say i am a socialist and that's all that matters people don't care about like looking at the rising rising poverty stats the things that have actually happened whether these things have actually been implemented or anything like that all that matters is the fact that the guys the guys come out and said it and like like kieran said bbc like euphemistically said when they were looking at the Labour manifesto they're like it's the most conservative out of all of like you know all of the parties it basically was promising nothing like <laughs> nothing like you know we've come through a, a massive pandemic where the crisis in care has been so acute that you know the Welsh Labour government got literally referred to whatever it was the the, the human rights commission by the older people commissioner and they're still not committed to nationalizing social care like their manifesto was written on the back of a fag pack. It was just terrible. And as Kieran says, he's already managing expectations downwards. 
before the election, he's saying about Plaid's manifesto is unaffordable. You know, we've got to live within our means. You know, quite openly adopting the language of austerity. And like, we know exactly what's going to happen now. We're going to have no structural change, no like radical changes, no tax rises for the rich. They're not going to build any houses or anything like that. But they're going to do things like <laughs> past the 20 mile an hour road limit, uh, more tinkering around the edges of neoliberalism because they're so dominated by this ideology they can't even conceive of like the state doing anything anything more than taking on the edges because that's not its role their role as a state is to give money to corporations to create jobs and and that's that's it they can't conceive anything other than taking on the edges like 5p carry bags or whatever and like i just think that i don't know the care thing in particular is incredibly bleak because to not you know to not to not want to nationalize care you know after what's happened and um, i say and that is one of the few things that they could implement quickly yeah they could do it tomorrow it's been fully cost it's been fully costed for years it's not going to be well everyone in wales is related to someone who bent you know who needs care and like it it would be no public resistance to it at all like you know it's it's the clear it's the it's the clear ethical moral thing to do to have a nationalized care service and to and to to run it properly um and it's you know it's it's just a scandal that it that that it isn't but that's the, what's so frustrating about it isn't it is that is that there's the, the the insufferable smugness now of every yeah. welsh labor politician and, co- and commentator and support uh, supporter who's saying well look how different and distinctive we are from from tory england yeah. you know because um, yeah using the lowest common denominator yeah. like as if that's a, as if that's a, a yardstick like it's just it's just I don't know. It's incredibly bleak. Like, um, <laughs> and, and there's no, you know, and there's no leftward, you know, the fact that Leanne's out of the Senate now, the fact that, you know, there's not going to be a coalition, you know, the, the you know, the, the as we said, the best case scenario would have been a applied coalition because at least then there would be a slim chance of like some action on care, some action on like housing and second homes, but nothing's nothing's going to happen. Like, basically, like you know, the One Wheels Coalition, probably the best period in like Welsh political history like extremely low bar you know from 2007 to 2011 I think you know that was probably the only time where like actual progressive things got done it was because Plaid were in there dragging Labour to the left and then as soon as they could govern without Plaid it was just like wow like shackles off just incredibly right wing and and it, it and it just, it's just been so unedifying you know you've just seen like all these academics third sector leaders the trade union just like almost ceremoniously coming out on social media and just like prostrating themselves in front of like the new their new overlords let me just say congratulations please and it's like the subtext like please don't cut off my funding you know please give us uh please talk to us it's just i don't know it's just been i, I think that's the thing with them is they're all like kind of in the same groups like yeah, of course so, not only I mean socially but economically so that you can be see like you know they they can kind of easily relate to cycling from Flanethly to Cardiff and shit like that <laughs> yeah. because it's, it's the same hobbies and you know you're saying earlier about like vote, voter turnout being low I didn't bother voting because you know like I'm not fucking walking for like something so like ceremonial like it was pointless for them to just like we were saying earlier to like they fought back the fucking rise of fascism acting like they <laughs> smashed down like Golden Dawn's like you know headquarters but because uh, initially I did think that um, abolish would take a seat, and like you said, Dan, like there'd be a Labour applied coalition. I thought it'd be more of a Tory bounce, but I think a while back on one of the news rounds, 
I did say, or I did think that growing Yes Camry and independence movements would find their way to Labour, ironically, mm. rather than Plaid Camry. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think we mentioned off air that we're going to, you know, go through this probably a bit um, more in detail later. But Plaid have had no boosts um, after, you know, putting the golden boy in charge, like. Um, n- nothing has changed. MacArthur genius, but like. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely done. Guy fucking lost we, all his money, like. Should we talk about, should we talk about Plaid or the Tories? Um, same like, thing, are they? there is one thing if i can say like this is a a terrible sort of like you know spectator new 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 statesmanish take but like you know kieran you're saying about the stability stuff and like the the lack of ambition and everything's tied up in this like moderate laborism which it is like you know the lack of ambition you're sort of you know expectations managed downwards like this is fine the only thing i think of is like people are coming out of a pandemic people are just in a good mood People, I know, maybe people don't want anything. No, maybe people don't like. As I'm talking, I'm like, what am I on about? But like, no, I know, you know what you mean because like, like, you've like, had 20 years of the same government. People's lives haven't got better, so you just don't expect anything better from it. But but is also it, the specific circumstances of coming out of a pandemic where everyone's slowly getting vaccinated now and everything is come back to normal. It's like people, people, people want it to go back to normal. People want life to go back to being. The way it was in dull and boring and shit and like mark drakeford yeah. you know i i don't buy into the fact he's like this everyone thought he was like a mate i still think people are voting on muscle memory rather than like some innate love of mark drakeford but like you know he, he does embody this like banal normality and and like boring reality and which is what most people are actually striving to get back to at the moment the whole like era is one of like literally state imposed stasis, state imposed stasis, isn't it? So like we're literally being told to stay in, stay yeah. indoors and shit, like not to change our habits and things, to just fucking stick within these really yeah, confined exactly. things. There's also just the fact that like the economy's been put in like suspended animation and shit for the past year, but like um, obviously that doesn't explain why Starmer fucked it so spectacularly in England, but it does hopefully explain like slightly why people have reverted a type where there's a stronger fucking return for the SNP, for Tories, and for Labour in, in Scotland, England, and Wales. Yeah, but, I mean, like, there is there is an incumbent bounce every there there is an incumbent bounce everywhere. There will be an incumbent bounce, I think, everywhere in the world. I th- I think that's just probably because it's a unique set yep. of circumstances and i know like you you've done much more work on this than me but like the thing is you can they will fucking pat themselves on the back about this over the next year or so and they'll be like oh this is great but then the conditions that have led to laborism becoming dominant in wales are decomposing under their feet yeah like fucking like like trade union organizations yet yeah, it's all falling apart like in the long and run at the same time and, and, and i agree with that but at the same time, it, it, it's been decomposing for 30 odd years now. That's like me, man. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it, the walking know, corpse, like. No, isn't it? It's that the vote turnout is, despite the smugness, is embarrassingly low. Yeah, it's and, not. And <laughs> low. Yeah. And so it, what it what it speaks to. Partly, it's obviously it's COVID and 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 the desire to go back to to normal and a desire for stability and clearly Drakeford has sensed that, but at the same time, it's it is about this just mass lack of ambition and low expectations and yeah. let's be fair, just just bad bad education, bad political education yeah. and no sense of 
how how different things might or could be for most for life life for most people in Wales, right? And the vast majority of people who voted Labour uh, last week is shit. It's yeah. hard. <laughs> we work too many hours for fuck all money, and yeah. we live in shit housing with stock um, yeah. with absolutely abysmal transport links. Um, it's it's fucking bleak, and yeah, it's terrible. Labour are still. <laughs> Vote, getting voted in and, and like Leanne losing like the applied election Corbyn losing you know the general election you know, they've both been you know, huge sucker punches I think I've actually this is the worst one I felt because I don't think I've ever felt so divorced from you know you that feeling where you, like the Truman Show syndrome where you just think like this cat like you're looking at people everyone the political class on Twitter the Welsh political class saying like as you said Nate this is a massive like victory blah blah and then you're looking at the turnout rates of like 35 percent you're looking you know we've had a year in which people in south hills valleys have been like had their lives destroyed just before covid they were destroyed by flooding then they got decimated by covid like literally like one of the highest death rates in the whole world no one's voting like this is like this is a completely broken society like where like you know on the one hand yeah like i i to- i agree with steph in that like i believe that labor is Labourism is dying in Wales. Like, it, it, like, and and in, in the Senate, it's just sort of clinging to life because of low turnout, and the people who do bother to go out, like the the under half percent, will still vote for them. But like, it's just one been one of the most profoundly depressing results in terms of like the low turnout, the fact that it was the first election where you could have sixteen to eighteen, you know, sixteen year olds could vote. They're the ones who've been like had the, the worst year of their lives they should be out enjoy should have been out enjoying their youth they've had the a-level fiasco you know where they all of them were told that they were going to have their lives ruined by the, the incumbent welsh government until there was a massive outcry in the u-turn which we covered on our pod with Maraid and elspeth and there's been what was those statistics beforehand it was like you know 65 percent of of the young people aren't even registered to vote it's just the most cynical exercise ever to say to make this big song and dance about we're the first country to have 16 year olds vote or whatever makes big and then make no effort to educate people on what's happening on you know on what the stakes are i just find it like you look at the people talking and you realize these people on twitter you realize the only people who think it's good like kieran said these are the small percentage of people whose lives are actually all right like you know they're completely inoculated from austerity they own their own houses you know they, they've got probably good good jobs they haven't got a clue what life is like so yeah like you can pat yourself on the back because they think oh yeah we're, we're great we're progressive we're doing things like the 5p carry bag charge <laughs> because they don't see they don't see what life is like to be fair to the 16 and 17 year olds the uh 16 and 17 year olds they did do their best to get into the senate the other day but like uh all the fence it was <laughs> <laughs> the fucking was that with the um they have like a fight club outside like but like um was it with uh with this like what's bizarre about it is like you know you talk about the, the lack of political education it is like a genuine problem in this country that we got like you know three four levels of government and nobody knows nobody's ever fucking told who's responsible for what yeah but also like what's astonishing with the like the Labour government in the Senate that we've had since its inception is they have refused to uh, like to adhere responsibilities to themselves. Yes. So it's like they like deliberately disclaim responsibility for things. They refuse to you know take control of things like welfare and social care and stuff like that. And then they just go, oh, it's not me, Gav. 
And then it's like, and then they fucking wonder why nobody votes in the elections. I was like, yeah. you will not declare what you're responsible for because you don't fucking want people to pin shit on you. You want people to pin bad shit on the national government and have the good shit rebound to you. Like, I yeah, think that was Cowan's whole thing, wasn't it? Just like, no, that's <laughs> Westminster. No, that's Westminster. Can't do anything. It was well, just... They are political geniuses. Like they've mastered, like Kieran said, like, you know, 20 years in charge, or well, 100 years essentially, they've mastered, like, the rhetoric they've mastered the rhetoric they've mastered as Steph says this ability to to shift around blame the fact that Drakeford was saying even before the election like we don't want you know Wales is like obviously disproportionately affected by the welfare system um more people here on benefits you know more people like universal credit you know I'm on universal credit at the moment it's even though I've set up so many of them even when you come to do it yourself you can't believe how dystopian it is do you know what I mean you can't believe how appalling it is and then and then Drake is there saying like I don't want the power to. The thing is like he, he's not even with the devolution of welfare thing. They weren't even saying like oh we're going to uh, give you responsibility of the funding and it's going to be a funding cut. You know you could do things like oh we'll just ab- ab- abolish the the five week delay before mm-hmm. getting a payment. You can do those things and tweak them within your power very easily. And he's saying it's like unsocialist. <laughs> To want to want to have that power devolved to like objectively make people's lives better, and you just think like it's just you know it, it's actually it's actually incredible. Yeah. They're already by the way like there's people are already making noises like Hugh Thomas and all the um the Labour right are already moaning about the list system on Twitter. They're already saying like fuck. Well, people are saying like oh one of the things this Labour government will do is reform reform the voting system in Wales and like reform the democracy like the McAllister review, and like. As if people think they're going to do that, as if they're as if they're going to implement full proportional representation and expand the Senate, they've already rejected doing it once. They're making noises in the opposite direction. They'll get they'll make it less proportional. Should we talk about the Tories? Because well, like Steph, lads, like no, well, no, no, but like Steph, like Steph says, the theme of this podcast is the ongoing slow death of Labourism. And obviously, you know, the if you look at the statistics, nine nine nine, Labour thirty seven percent nine nine, you know, forty percent thousand three, thirty two percent thousand seven. 42% in 2011, 34% in 2016, back at you know, 39.1, well, nearly 40% in 2021. You know, so Labour's essentially steady. As, as Kieran said, there's a block of people who will just come out and vote Labour, like through muscle memory, even if it's like an a, even like essentially an apolitical act. The Tories in that 1999, 162,000 uh, votes, so you know, 15%. 2021, so, fast forward, 289,000, well, nearly 290,000. 26% of the vote so you know added you know 10% onto their their vote score and even though it was like this big Labour landslide or whatever only three seats have changed hands and two of them went to Conservatives so it's the highest vote that the Conservatives have ever had in Wales and I do think that the the long-term trajectory is the Conservatives are getting better look at well if you look at the wet look at look, look at the Westminster vote if you look at the Westminster vote the Tories are growing in Wales and like demographically that's because in migration Various other things. Um, <laughs> like a mainly the migration. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, look, look at even like the kind of the um, new newer parties that propped up and then you know kind of went away. They're all like on the right. You know, you had abolish, propel. Um, you know, so there is that underlying culture there, and it's not some massive fucking victory that these parties were like seen as being defeated. It's mental that in a country. A political party uh, was, um, you know, existed that looked to abolish his own rule. Like you, you can't <laughs> fucking ignore that. And, and you, just, you know, it's 
it's not with fucking like waving like flags after the you know armistice has been like it's it's like after the Brexit vote in that they they've gone away now so everyone can pretend that there's no you know yeah no, it doesn't exist it's, it's no one will no one will now analyze well why on earth would they think that they had a chance in the first place and why on earth was there a constituency for this in the first place but like with the, with the last couple of elections so basically since the 2017 election you know, there was all this chat like back in the noughties and in the early part of this decade about how like the two-party system was breaking down and the Labour and Tories would never sort of just be the two only parties that would be competing but like the last couple of elections have seen like a massive increase in, or like the 2017 election saw like this return to the two-party system and then it got fucking completely battered by the old second referendum position that the Labour took and will continue to haunt them to their fucking grave but like the Tories have now got like this huge constituency in England it's in it's completely they are, I don't want to go back to talking about Labour, right? But it's completely preposterous. You've got the position where Scotland's going to be independent within our lifetimes or within the next sort of 10, 15 years. Like, Labour Party's got these only, like, toeholds in a few places in England and in Wales. And then you've got complete Conservative domination of England. And then you've got a fucking Welsh Party who are like, oh, well, you know, if we get a Labour government in um, Parliament, then we can work through with them. It's like, it's, ne- it's not going to happen again. Like, yeah. I can't, like, in the foreseeable, it's not going to be a fucking Labour government in Westminster for the next however fucking long. Like, the only reason they were able to form governments in the past was because they had this disproportionate, concentrated level of support in Scotland and, and Wales, and that's now gone. Scotland's gone, so they one flank and that's gone, and it'll be more permanently gone. So, like, the broader thing is either Wales gets out of the Union or we'll never have a fucking Labour government to work in concert with the Labour government in the Senate. And the Tories will just undermine. The, the Tories will continue to undermine the fucking, like, to undermine Wales in every way possible. It was one of the most, like, alienating things to me was, like, it's amazing the Tory board's gone up because I saw, like, a few bits of R.T. Davis on the campaign trail and he's, like, one of the most weird human beings I've ever seen. Hey, he was uh, <laughs> he was campaigning outside butcher shops, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> just like out to people. Like that clip of him speaking, like a you know the, the race commentator, uh, <laughs> was, was actually one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And it was just like he had this thing where he just looks directly at the camera, and it was just I don't know. He's a mate. He's a bizarre bloke. Like. Are those priorities compatible to build back greener and to put so much money into the road system? I think so, because ultimately it's about decarbonising the transport system. And we know that we're going to have to have better transport links to create opportunities for business to open. And we're pro-business government if we're elected on May the 6th. And we want to have a big open for business sign for Wales in our transport system. We know that the inquiry that uh, looked at the M4 relief road, for example, in southeast Wales, said it hit the environmental credentials uh, that it would have to meet. And we know for a fact that it is achievable. And we know that the UK government are supportive of delivering the M4 relief road as well as upgrading our union highways such as the A55 that would lead to the Hollyhead free port that we wish to create in under our manifesto proposals and also the A40 that drives up through traffic to Fishguard and the Irish ports. He was just going back to all the livestock auctions like it was just fucking muscle memory like just thought he was bidding on a heifer and it's just like ah two hundred thousand I don't know how much a fucking heifer costs man the two hundred thousand pounds yeah, he knows, he knows the prices off by heart, doesn't he? <laughs> but like, private beef, private beef. 
<laughs> he was just like he would sit there and he'd be like stock still, like like unnervingly still, and then he would just have like this sort of thin sheen of sweat like <laughs> like appearing on his body, and it's like as like a sort of large sweaty balding man from Glorgan. I thought he did us like a fucking terrible disservice, man. Yeah, he's, he's just, one of the just... most prominent Endermorphs, isn't he? Him and now <laughs> McAvoy is out. Is Artie's holding the fort like big time? I kind of feel that Artie Davis has always got like um like a pack of sausages on his person like at all times. <laughs> well, like <laughs> you know, in uh, in his so sunny, he's always got them in his top pocket. Yeah, no, he's always got like so like a fucking pack of Richmonds or something. He'll just chew on throughout the day, like and that's where he gets his meat sweats when they come down. What's that like? Uh, I find him quite weird, Artie Davis, and like it, it got a bit depressed because I was reading Pulantzas about like different fractions of capital, and then like looking at Artie Davis, who's basically like a medium farmer from like Cowbridge, right? And then I was thinking, well, look at the Conservative group in Wales, like a lot of them are farmers and like small businessmen, and I was thinking like, well, who represents like big capital? And then I was like, oh, it's the Labour Party. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's Ken's. Ken, who's like the massive friend and like of, of like massive international <laughs> capital? <laughs> And that's that is one of the reasons why you know why the Tory vote I think will hit a ceiling because um, because Labour serve those constituencies perfectly well like the, yeah, the Welsh middle class like perfectly well that's what they're there for yeah in in, in a way it's funny because Labour you know that Labour thing that cross class thing is analogous to the SNP like in the Connor episode because the SNP have managed to pull you know working class voters and like extremely rich people together and then if you look at welsh labor like go around cardiff right main places welsh labor placards are they're literally on like million pound houses across cardiff you know this is the party of like you know people who live miserable lives voting out muscle memory for labor it's also the party of like a new political elite class like who are absolutely minted and like loving life but it's perfect for the for the for the welsh middle class it's it's perfect i'm sure most tories tory vote in um uh, bougies in England would love to be able to vote for a party that has the veneer of of socialism and left, you know, and yeah, leftism. It'd be it, it's perfect because you can you you get it's cake and eating it, isn't it? It's like yeah. it's, it's, it's exactly it's, like if you look at what's happened now. I think it's funny because you know Clear Edwater won back in 2002 under Rodri Morgan or whatever. At least there were like nods to like, oh, we're not going to privatise the NHS or anything like that. It was like you know, <laughs> yeah, we're like you know like against. Well, they have, I think, but it's against. It's against like New Labour now because obviously the Tories in England have gone like full authoritarian right populist. Any talk of redistribution of wealth, like the the half asked about before, that's just been completely abandoned. And Labour's narrative now is mainly about you know representation of identity. So it's just progressive neoliberalism, like you know Obama and and stuff like that, isn't it? They're very good on uh, identity, but like on wealth redistribution, as Kieran said, it's just it will be so alien. You know, the fact that none of the parties are talking about, like, none of, the, none of them even countenance tax rises. And then Drakeford say we haven't got any money on the one hand and not doing the making the connection between, oh, we're refusing to tax high earners. Yeah. By the way, we haven't got any money to feed kids. Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe if you tax people earning a huge amount of money, you'd have some money to feed poor children. But no one will ever talk about that. And as you no, said, it's like, that's, as you said, it, it, that's right, though, Kieran, it is the perfect party, the perfect party well, the thing is, we know them. We know them all. It's the perfect party for people who are absolutely minted, who own their own house, live in Cardiff, whatever, and, you know, don't give a fuck about poor people, don't yes. know any poor people. They're Cycle on the weekends, like... Yeah, they love active <laughs> travel, you know, and it's perfect. You can vote Labour. 
it's a, a salve for your conscience, makes you feel like you're a progressive person, absolutely no interest at all in redistrib- redistributing wealth. You would be horrified if your house declined in value. It, you're right, it's, per- it's perfect for them. They, they're just, it's the party of the status quo, isn't it? So yeah, why would you, why would you vote conservative? <laughs> There's also like, I mean, the thing is with, if you think about like the Welsh professional class, if you think about like how Wales, Wales's class structure is like formed and what it relates to in it. If like, if you think of like the average sort of Tory voter, is like a stockbroker who lives in fucking Surrey or somewhere, or like some, you know, someone who owns like a string of shops or something. Whereas in Wales, like the wealthiest people in our society are like, people who work as like you know fucking heads in the dvla and shit yeah exactly it makes makes, like perfect sense sense but like again this is this will sort of decompose like it's not that will not last forever like the only thing that would keep bits of the wheels didn't have a bourgeoisie is if wheels continued to just fucking grind along as like an appendage to a fucking rump yeah Yeah. (laughs) like a rump english and welsh union like I will. Uh, I will say though. I mean, obviously, this episode has been quite negative. I am <laughs> really looking forward to the National Suicide Forest. For yeah. Drake has been in just outside demog- Brecon, like demograph demographically. Like, you know, I think it's good. That, no, but I think it's good that we're actually talking like sociologically about what are the constituencies being represented. Like the two conservative seats, right? And if you look at some of the the plied Tory marginals in like North Wales, those are basically like de facto like fought long ethnic lines between like, you know, a Welsh, you know, Welsh people, uh, Welsh speaking people who live there and basically rich English people uh, who, who have moved in. And some of those counties have got like, you know, over 50% people born in England. And like, the thing is that demographic, I'm sorry, is only going one way. That war is only going one way in those counties. No, but they will turn conservative. Like, you know, it's just, it's just a fact. Like they, they will go conservative. So plied of absolutely flatlined maybe we should talk about plight and on and on the one hand i think that like if you look at adam's strategy we're not going to talk about um how ridiculous it is that people you know slated leanne for doing better than like adam's just done but like uh, plight are probably the the least successful party of all time because they, can't, <laughs> they, no, but they cannot break out of their they just cannot break out of their heartland like they cannot do it you you know we would t- you tell them it's like a long term structural thing they didn't listen they put all their eggs in one basket with that Adam and like blew their best ever chance of, of actually breaking out of those heartlands with Leanne but like their their votes obviously held up in these places like Gwynedd and and they are they are obviously hegemonic in there but like but that's based on demographics and that will change I think so you know the Conservatives will become the second party in in, in those heartlands but I just I don't know I I thought it was a terrible campaign by played like a terrible campaign and i know the whole election favored the incumbent obviously and they didn't have time to campaign and small parties with no money you need to be out door knocking for like months rather than like a few weeks interrupted by prince philip's death whatever but like they foregrounded it wasn't even talking about independence it was just like they tried to tap into the s Cymru sort of popularity which in itself the fact it's popular and played aren't proves that there's a problem with played rather than the concept of independence and but they look at the, the, the yes can read weird social media stuff when they just say like Wales. That's yeah. it. That's the tweet. Well, like, <laughs> and then and then played were like, oh, that's class. Let's just do something completely vacuous like vote for Wales. It's like what the fuck are you talking about? Thing is, they actually had policy like you know national care service, universal childcare, expanding free school meal elig- eligibility, and you know, racism. Yeah, tamper, tampering with the criminal justice system in in positive ways like you know safe injection rooms. And stuff like that and you and then no instead of focusing on policy in a year where 
working class people have been absolutely battered by capitalism. Oh no, let's just vote Wales. I, I think that's, that's interesting as well, like what you're saying, because there's, you know, obviously the um, online culture and the way of speaking and the way of like tapping into like kind of algorithms of getting retweets it's, just doesn't fucking transfer at all in the real world because no one gives a shit. Like, yeah, exactly. People don't watch <laughs> Welsh news that goes on for five minutes. So it doesn't matter if you have like uh, loads of good photo opportunities around various Welsh market towns. No one gives a shit. Well, like, um, I voted for Plaid, uh, both votes, but that was just because of the uh, sexy map of Wales grinding on England. <laughs> song. I said that in my head all the time when I was going to vote. But you were saying, Kieran, there's, like, an interesting trend with, like, the constituency and list votes for Plaid, don't you? So, like, I mean, what's yeah. been happening now? <laughs> Fucking yeah. seamless, sir. Yeah. So, Kieran, tell us. <laughs> Noble well, Kieran, what news you do you bring? <laughs> I was looking at the difference between the, the, the constitu- constituency votes and the regional votes. It's maybe worth explaining that because I don't think anyone actually <laughs> the fuck is including that, me that is all about. But essentially, isn't it? Obviously, you've got in Wales, you've got the 40 constituency seats and then 20 regional seats. So everyone has two votes and had two votes in the election for those of you that did vote. Um, uh, one of them was for your constituency and the other one was for the re- your regional list. So Wales is also split up into five different regions. What is it? South, North, Midwest. I can't remember them yeah. all. Each of which has four seats. So, it can, But the way that kind of plays out in reality is that everyone has their constituency seat, which is probably the person they vote for in the general election anyway. But then they have this bonus vote. So it's like, oh, well, I'll, I can do whatever I want with that. But what's kind of interesting is that it does look like most people sort of stuck with their party. Like... If you look at Labour's constituency vote, they had 443,000 votes in total constituency votes, but then regional votes, 401,000. So, like, more, you know, we can probably, obviously, some people will have voted other than Labour in their regional vote, but I would probably suggest that most people voted the same party twice, mostly, right? Plaid, though, is the only party for whom the well, actually, the Greens as well, but on a much lower scale. But Plaid had 225,000 constituency votes, but 230,000 regional votes, which suggests that, you know, they, they are getting more of the second bonus vote. People are like, oh, well, I might as well vote Plaid for the regional seat, right? That, particularly that's that particularly this year to stop abolish. That as well. But I think that seems to be what it suggests, so, which also proves that Plaid cannot break through into the... Into, the sort of the you know the, the mass voter base particularly in the south it's just it's not happening Hugh Edwards who you know rarely does analysis because he's just there looking handsome and that and he, but he too just busy said, doing CrossFit you know, isn't he yeah but he just said on for like whatever it was two minutes on the news and you put together a far better analysis than like anyone anyone, anyone else and he just said like you know it, it's very difficult obviously the, for Plaid to distinguish themselves from a soft nationalist Labour Party when they're competing with votes and Plaid are just people's second choice there's no you know exactly. in the valleys there's no animus towards Plaid per se I wouldn't think and unlike unlike places like Bridget yeah, and Swansea, but yeah yeah, yeah. but unlike places you know like so going back to like it's by the way like people keep talking about the three whales model and it's just killing me like uh, <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day I'll be asked. Dan, that, Dan but... thinks he wrote the three whales model. Yeah. But anyone who uses it is yeah. yeah. But but basically, but basically, like people are saying now about um uh oh, the three whales model back whatever. In one of the forerunners to the three whales model, the main difference between 
the South Wales Valleys and the South Wales Coastal Belt was in attitudes towards Welsh nationalism. So in the South Wales Valleys, people voted Labour, but everyone had a very um, positive attitude towards Plaid Cymru, like linked to the fact that most people in, in the Valleys are patriotically Welsh and they don't have like negative, well, apart, apart from the elected representatives, they don't <laughs> have like, visceral hatred of like the Welsh language or <laughs> Welsh, Welsh language culture. But, you know, if you look at like places like Bridgend or Pembroke or uh, Wrexham and, and, and other places which are like, you know, Labour voting, more British identifying, you know, people do dislike Plaid there. But the fact that, yeah, the fact is in in these South Wales places, as Keane said, Plaid are clearly just the second choice. I can't see now after they've lost their best asset, Leanne, they got and they got rid of her, and and her plan was her plan was literally that this is a long term hegemonic strategy to change perceptions about Plaid and make us a, a strong a, a, a give us a strong presence in places that you know aren't necessarily well speaking, and they saw that and then said no. We don't like you. you. You're a socialist. You're a woman. We want Adam. He's like a god. They were wrong. Like I was just gonna say, Leanne even went to the extent of like trying to change her accent to fit in (laughs) more. The funny thing, the funny thing is though, is it like you know, right? Leanne lost because you know exceptional circumstances. But like in five years, succeeded in building. But you know, if you wanted to do, if you wanted to change Welsh political culture, you would have to do exactly what she did. Do you know what I mean? Like basically. Work hard for your constituency. Work hard for constituency. Yeah. Do loads of community work Definitely. and build up very slowly over many years a dis- alternative local political culture, which is kind of what Plaid are actually doing in Wrexham with Carrie Harper and Mark Jones, and like they've doubled their vote there. But for Adam and for the rest of Plaid, that's obviously a long-term strategy they couldn't countenance. They wanted like a quick fix of like basically having someone who's a, a godlike character to come on to come in, and it just didn't work. They said I we need know. our own Keir Starmer. Well, do yeah. you think price is going to last? Because I don't. Um, think so. I I don't know. I reckon he does have that like kind of cult thing around, you know, him, like yeah, a cult of personality. Plaid Cymru, though. I think price is popular, and I think, like you say, but he is the second choice, and Plaid are the second choice. Yeah. I think Plaid, what Price has done is softened the uh, the second choice voters. Do you know what I mean? It's de- I think it's definitely softened perceptions of what Plaid represent. And I, I, Plaid definitely don't represent now what they did, I'm generalising, but for the South yeah. 20 years ago even. Yeah, I agree. I, and, I, and I think that is happening, but, but that's not how you win, and that's how not, not how you change well, things. In the friend zone, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. What's that? It's like it's difficult when you're like a small party, and that was always like the problem with the fuck, like the Lib Dems in like the last national election where they run that mad campaign where they had like George Winston's Lib Dems and like it completely flamed out to the extent that she lost her seat. But it is, it's hard to accept that like, oh well, you know, the best you can hope for at this juncture is a fucking junior partner in a coalition. So then the people like rush around for mad fixes. But like when like when they elected Adam, I mean like. It's a weird thing. Like there were loads of sort of like v- unpleasant, sort of vague 
intimations about like niche issues and shit yeah. and like saying that she'd been like too basically too woke before people were fucking throwing woke around like a pejorative all the time but like the, the real like heartlands candidate there was fucking Rena Fjordwes who's just like from like um and this morning it? and just being like you know completely retrenched into the nuclear bunker like just fucking mm. hiding hiding in the northwest it couldn't have been more fucking static like result in this yeah, exactly. election it was yeah. ex- almost exactly I think they lost in the like Two hundredths of a percent. Yeah. Of the you can tell people until you're blue in the face. These are the barriers applied face. But people didn't want to listen back <laughs> in the day. They did just didn't want to listen. They couldn't accept. As Steph said, maybe it's because they can't accept being a junior coalition in government. And they can't accept that these are not things that you change overnight. And these are things you actually you have to do really unglamorous, expensive <laughs> community work to change over a long period of, over a long period of time uh, and they just they obviously haven't done it but like there's a, a few strategic missteps like i don't know why they stood Helen mary jones internationally right she's like she's a terrible candidate and apparently they poured resources into that constituency they're never you know they're, they're not going to win i just think i don't know adam you know he's obviously a very bright bloke but like you know the fact that this sort of result you know, leanne did better than this and this was seen as not good enough then Adam, let's face it, has been called like literally like oh, essentially the equivalent of like the second coming of Christ in Clyde Cymru. And so, so it's not improved at all. You know, when, you, when you've when you've raised expectations to such a massive extent, probably to yourself as well. And now to what face another five years in the political wilderness as a, as a backbencher in opposition when in his head he probably thought he was going to be like, if not first minister, then a minister. I don't I just can't see him. I can't see him last. I just can't see him lasting because it's not not the situation he wants to be in as a person. He's an ambitious person. I can't see it. I think there'll be a leadership race in Plaid Cymru very soon. And I think, like Steph said, Rina Bjorweth will be uh, re- relishing his chance to just go back to the back to the future. Like, <laughs> back I, 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 I don't Godzilla see, Island up north. I don't see, I don't see where Plaid goes. Monster Island. <laughs> I've been three very good candidates selected for Plaid. So, like, it's not all doom and gloom. So, like, you know, Shawna Williams, uh, Mavra Quinvor, you know, yeah, Della Jewell and uh, Luke Fletcher from Bridgen. Good socialist candidates. If, it, you know, good socialist candidates without Leanne. So, you know, they're going to be joining a applied group, which is fairly mediocre and fairly middle of the road, I would say. So I don't, I don't know. I don't really know where Plaid, where Plaid are going to go. <laughs> See in the yeah, they'll just, yeah, they'll just keep doing the same thing for the next 100 years. When in the same the same seats, the same three or four seats in Westminster for 100 years, never changing anything. Can I just finish that? By yeah. Point that like, partly what it, this election has shown is that um, there has been no change, but and that's part that, that, that's partly because of the lack of political uh, talent in Wales, but also because social relations and class relations in, in Wales have just become entrenched further over the last five, ten years. And and that has that is just getting worse really, uh, and because people have still voted in the same way and people aren't thinking differently uh, about what Wales might look like politically. Although yes, come the yes, come uh, stuff might um, reflect differently on on that. I don't know what do you think, Nath? Uh, well, I don't know because I guess um, where does this leave like the independence movement for Wales now that for the moment Labour is in power? Obviously, we've got the bizarre Labour for Indie Wales party, aka Unionists for Independence. You know, because essentially what what they act as, they act as much like people like Owen Jones to kind of... It's dogs, isn't it? 
yeah, yeah. To to basically, yeah, literally shepherd <laughs> radical potentially radical movements into the dominant party. And I think personally, I think they don't see themselves like that. No, but of course they don't know. Fundamentally, nice, they're nice, they're that's, nice boys. but like essentially, you know, that's that's what will happen. And you know, is the independence if it goes through that route will will go nowhere, and you'll just end up with this like bullshit federalism, which has been seen as like. Oh, this is really radical. And it's like it's it's not. They are fundamentally right in the fact that like devolution was like co-opted and controlled by the Labour Party, and like which was obviously terrible and made it like far less radical than it, it could have been. And obviously, you know, people always say in Wales, are oh, you know, you're not going to get anywhere without Labour voters, which is obviously an objective fact. But what people seem to be doing now is somehow trying to hope and pray. Mark Drakeford, Vaughan Gethin and all these people are going to have some like Damascene conversion <laughs> change, you know, and become, you know, an actual political, you know, the Welsh Labour Party, they're focusing on the top of the Welsh political party rather than focusing on the base, which is what I disagree with how people are talking about it, because why would you want this political, if so, if this political party swings behind independence, what you're basically saying is like, it's literally like independence is going to be identical. Yeah, like, this is the best <laughs> we can get. Like The whole point of it, independence is to have a better society and yeah, people are, expending their political efforts in trying to basically get independence essentially co-opted and run by the very people who are running Wales into the ground at the moment so it's like you can forgive me if I'm not particularly enthused by that by that prospect like it's just you see them projecting onto Drakeford like oh you know Drakeford is he secretly for Scotland to go independent it's like of course he's fucking not like who, who, who do you think and what do you think the Labour Party is I, we are entering obviously a very interesting time because, like as Kieran said, we are gonna well, and Steph, we we are now gonna, you know, it's per, per, Andy, <laughs> per, permanent Tory hegemony in England, and there's gonna be a ramping up of attacks on devolution. It really is as simple as that. And yeah, yeah. because Labour, Mark Drakeford are blinded by unionism, you know, as they did doing like the EU withdrawal bill and and a bunch of other times during COVID because they've got this like childlike faith in the british state they, they they roll over they tend to they tend to roll over and like so you've got on the one hand we need to be the, the cause of independence is and the yes coming movement is probably the only optimistic or bright spark in wales at the moment i would say and then on the other hand you've got like you know the a, a labor party that's going to be attacked from all angles by the tories and we actually need them to stand up you know to stand up for us and i just I don't know. It's just going to be an interesting dynamic because, like, you know, they're talking about federalism, right? So, like, Mick Anthony was like, we're committed to a federal, you know, the constitutional co- convention. Well, they said exactly the same in the 2014 Scottish referendum and just, like, literally lied to people's faces. You know, they, like, they said, if you don't, if, if you vote no, we're going to change the structure of the UK and give you full home rule, everything like that. Just a lie, just a total lie. And La- Labour got to bed with MI5. If, the Tories if you vote like no, we'll give you independence. Yeah, right. it, was, it, was, it was just, like, actually incredible. And then, like, so, you know, for one, you can't believe a fucking thing any of anyone in that party says at all, obviously, because they're a party of the British state. But two, how do people think that some federalism is going to come about? Like, was it going to go through a Tory majority parliament? Yeah, yeah. They're going to say, oh, but say this is a bit more depressing because you think about Scotland. There are no mechanisms now for constitutional change because Boris can just say, well, Scotland's not having a second referendum. And people are going to go, oh, that's undemocratic. Like, he doesn't care. Like, you know, but to, to then hear Welsh Labour people getting excited about the prospect of a constitutional convention, which it has no realistic prospect of, of ever happening anyway, 
and and even so there's no constituency for federalism anyway who wants it like that that ship has sailed years ago i don't know it's just whatever happens with independence i don't think basically if this, with the balance of forces the count is i don't think the decision's gonna be made by, by wales like no of course, <laughs> I, no, I think like, it'll, 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 it'll be, be kicked made out by, like. Yeah, it'll only be made by Scotland and England. So if Scotland yeah. leaves, it might fucking be like some kind of inspiration. So yeah, if Scotland tries to get away from England, then it, like it'll make it obvious that we're stuck in this completely lopsided partnership, and it might be worth trying to get away from England. But if uh, or if fucking England decides to assert control, it could just go up, oh, fuck it, like no more devolution, or like squeeze the budget even more to make the government fucking less popular or more fucking miserable. You know what I mean? So it's not going to, I don't think ultimately for the foreseeable, it's in our gift to decide. We obviously try to influence things, but it's, it's not, we're not the large part of this. Like, As usual, uh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not in hands. Uh-huh. <laughs> what a fucking jolly episode. Yeah. Well, well one, one, of the, one of the more depressing things. And, and <laughs> one of the more, <laughs> but wait, like, there's more. <laughs> you know what, Kieran, you know what you're saying about like, you know, pe- people are sort of, I don't know, People essentially seem to be like reconciled to Labour, and already you've seen people. I've seen people online, you know, in like the S Cymru movement and the left the S Cymru movement saying, or the left the Indian movement saying, "Oh, time to me to join the Labour Friendly Wales and so on." And like one of the like actual dangerous things that's happening is that because people are so easily taken in by talk of a constitutional convention that like the actual Indian movement could actually flatline because Labour is so good at co-opting the and and walk and talking the talk about home rule and federalism they they, they there is a chance that the the indian movement's just going to stop as long as drake because if you look at what happened during covid all people want was just for drakeford to make some noises and stand out the bars people are so easily pleased they're so people are be, so beaten down and like uh, their standards are so low wheeled drakeford just says one thing to stand up to him and you've got the entire s Cymru movement the entire welsh national movement applied Cymru people who, who hate labor going yes mark go on stand up for wales you know um so this and is the so mad all he has thing to do is, is make sorry. some noises and it'll just co-opt the indie movement in completely. So this was the mad thing, like kind of um, not at the start of um, the pandemic, but a few months into it where, you know, Drakeford was trying to set himself like aside from England by basically doing exactly what England did before them to a lesser extent. And I had like fucking full blown arguments with people on Twitter because, you know, how else how else do you interact uh, with people on there? Uh, you know, and these were yes, Camry people, that fucking mad Mavin Jones guy who just seemingly just, you know, like loves doxing people or whatever. But <laughs> he was, um, he, he was, uh, he was just being like, yeah, Wales haven't had England to deal with. And it's just like, how the fuck are you all lining up behind a leader who's, you know, essentially um, being in charge of a country that's had one of the highest death tolls in the world. Like, they don't fucking care. Yeah, because he made dash because he made noises about Wales and Welshers, and that's all people and that's all people want. Like it's just the team Wales nationalism is so corrosive. It's just and the funny thing is, is like you know you got Labour people saying our oh, nationalism is so narrow, but like the worst form of nationalism is on display throughout COVID, and there's people basically saying don't criticise Mark Drakeford or the Welsh government because he's doing Welsh. his best. Well, oh, who's the other one? If somebody was saying, um, you couldn't, you couldn't do a better job, could you? I was like, what the fuck are <laughs> yeah, you on about? Like, I'm not the fucking first minister. Like, I, I'd like I to see you try. To I was just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could. Kieran, what do you think is going to happen to the indie movement? I, I don't think the prospects are as, as bad as as you suggested. I think, yeah, there, there, 
what what well, has clearly happened in this election and has been proven by this election result is is that yes uh, some of the voices have been co-opted by labor and that lots of people are content with banal laborism basically banal national laborism yeah right? with the veneer of but, yeah as long as there's a veneer of welshness yeah. that's, that's enough like that exactly the, the veneer of it but um but that said i think um I, I hope that there's there's enough uh, younger voices that are that are starting to see through that. But I think the only way to to get at, at, the, at that at that constituency, if you like, is um is just a new political education, uh, new media, and trying to trying to do things differently. But subscribe to our like, yeah, subscribe to like you know yeah. podcasts and so, stuff. Right, and, yeah. um, buy merch. Convince your grandparents. Hey. Money, money um, yeah. to new media outlets. <laughs> There's going to be there, there is a realistic possibility now that you know with Tory hegemony and Horizon as a permanent fixture, as Steph said in England, if Labour are smart, which they are, and as Kieran said, they're so adept at melding like Labourism with Welshness, and even like you know Anthony said it in his Tribune thing today, he basically said we basically said we've got a brand, he said we've got a really successful brand. Which combines like soft nationalism and like incredibly insipid social democracy, and like I don't know, there's just a chance. I, I don't know, just the prospect of that just it's like KFC secret spices or something like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the prospect of that just becoming even more entrenched, you know, and just like I, I, I get the impression that a lot of people, a lot of people are just giving up, like, like, like there's. Like, like there's loads I people. fucking I gave up like spiritually I gave up after the last Westminster election like I just couldn't give as much of a fuck as I'd given for the rest of my life I was like oh that's done then like, <laughs> yeah I, I gave up when my hamster died like I was like what's yeah. the fucking point yeah I, I feel you that like <laughs> that's what so, I was gonna say is that I, maybe we should take comfort in the fact that the the turnout was as fucking bad as it was because um, there are a lot of people that didn't vote who yeah. are potential uh, supporters of Indy, you know, um, and that, and those are the people that, that we've got to try and reach. But wouldn't you say that people who are supporters of Indy are already to some extent politicised? Yeah, but we don't, Kieran's right, you know, we don't, the, right. the, you know, the non-voters are the most radical constituency in Wales. Like, yeah. We don't know how they're going to vote and like no one thought they were going to come out and vote for Brexit. And then he did. So it shows that, like, you know, Labour's hegemony is actually fragile. You know, it is 45% is not like. That's it. Well, it's not they're, like they're, numbers, is it? Like? Yeah, 40% or 45%. You know, like, it's. They're, they're not. They're dominant because people are, don't, are disenfranchised. If you can find a way of enfranchising people and get them out to vote, then, you know, you've got a chance of overturning it. The other devastating bit of news is that, like, obviously. Neil McAvoy is is not in the Senate, <laughs> so I mean he was lit, yeah, but literally five years of like unadulterated like banter and like insane madcap antics, and that's just gonna be replaced by incredibly boring. Do, do you know what he's doing now? Something funny probably. Yeah, he's no, he's um, performing street magician. <laughs> it seamlessly kind of moved into that, like so I'm in Queen Street, like. Um, Putting like yeah, <laughs> people hate. I mean, people hate uh, people on the Welsh left hate Neil McAvoy far more than they hate the Conservatives, and, and a lot of that was probably because he was of his tone. I think, and the the fact that he was, uh, well, he was just incredibly confrontational. And what they want is now, and what they've got now is a return to incredibly meek, consensual, and 
fucking bland uh, Senate where everyone like respects the uh, the rules of it and stuff. And we haven't got any of the nut. We, there's no nutters in there. As well, far as are, are they going to get people engaged in politics if you don't have like a few key nutters? They're exactly, just... man. Exactly. That is true. It's also like you know you always had this tradition in Parliament having like sort of bizarre eccentrics and stuff in the UK Parliament. You know, like people like. Uh, was the Leo Abbey and people, you know, like these odd, these odd buzzed home driver and stuff. And he was like the nearest thing we had to that, except that it, like his ex- eccentricity was like barging in on custody hearings and stuff. <laughs> 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 Fucking legend. He, was, he had the exact uh, looks, energy, and like uh, demeanor of Scrappy Doo. And like, if you can't find the space for that in parliamentary politics then you know what hope do we have like yeah well hopefully he'll stand though and in, 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 he'll, he'll get Cardiff Council elections in next year Big Mac will be standing in there no doubt <laughs> <Big Mac. laughs> any shout outs boys or beefs didn't mean well and that was it I didn't mean end on a negative yeah. um, I, congratulations to Sean Ed Williams who I think will be uh, really good uh, she is a socialist and she's intelligent and she knows what she's doing I think so she's yeah. on to watch Beefs, uh, everyone voted Labour. Oh, I was just one. <laughs> My beef is just with Swansea as a, as a place oh, and as a community. It's really good. Your ice cream is shit, though. Joe's ice cream is fucking terrible. Yeah, uh, Joe's ice cream is <laughs> ice cream, obviously. It doesn't so, taste like normal ice cream, though. It's, but, uh, it's too sweet. It tastes too like sweet. cat semen. It does. No, it does. he's right, it does. Yeah. <laughs> My shout-out to Keir Starmer, who's led Labour to an unprecedented thousand-seat victory in the local elections, and apparently, or allegedly, has been laying bare pipe throughout this entire process. So, <laughs> you know, just shout-out to that. Like, is, uh, I respect both his political acumen and his adultery. So yeah, like, like last, last night was actually a pretty... It was last night or the night before, it was actually like a genuinely funny and good night on Twitter, because I was so low about the Welsh election and then it was just like uh, Starmer has tried to fire Angela Rayner and in the process exposed himself as an adulterer it's just too perfect like just it's just absolutely beyond Starmer really reminds me of like someone who would be in um, oh what the fuck was that old comedy programme Summer Last of the Summer Wine yeah. You know, it's just like the kind of local heartthrob who's like, you know, in his fucking sixties, just shagging someone like in the background of a bush as like a bathtub goes down the hill. Like, yeah, but like it, it's funny because you know people don't mind that Boris is like a shagger because everyone knows he's like an amoral bloke who just shagged. And it start Starmer is like painting himself as this like moral, incredibly boring bloke who is also shagging. That's worse. That's far worse than if people think you're bar- like. Yeah, if you're all fun about just, you know, cheating on your wife with a cancer diagnosis with someone who's, like, less than half your age. Like, people people are shagging Boris, like, because he's a shagger and because they know he's got, you know, he's got seven illegitimate children, whatever it is. And, like, it's not, it's not, um, you're not getting into that with any sense of surprise when he eventually, like, leaves you for a younger model or anything new. But with Starmer's, like, public image and then... Uh, to find out he's, as Steph said, he's been shagging right the way through is like. <laughs> there was the thing as well, is he made, they tried to, like, in the last weeks of the campaign, they were like, oh, it's all this terrible Tory sleaze. Yeah, all this, it's all this in the, inside the dealing. And then it's like exposing himself by firing the fucking, like, deputy leader from, like, a party chair position. And then it emerged that, like, his, in, his personal staff 
the fucking Clangsley, the Valus Queen, fucking uh, the wife of Nick Smith, and, Nick Smith. and, and like basically just running like a kitchen cabinet of like five people that he likes, one of whom is shagging. Well, maybe, maybe more than one. Maybe he's shagging all of them. We don't know. But then just being like, them watch, like entire campaign about my personal property and then complete, like literally fucking it up. Like, one absolute dog. I feel even more anger and pity towards him because it's like you've actually made, you've made something that's uh, a laudable quality and you've just destroyed it. Like you just... He's denigrated the idea of shagging, really. What's well, that like? Yeah, you somehow managed to make uh, shagging uncool. So shout outs to um, the book Confederacy of Dunces. Uh, both me and Steph reading it at the moment. Uh, we, we've got one copy and we kind of read it over <laughs> yeah, each other's yeah, shoulders. Like... Yeah, yeah, we read it aloud. Like, um, also the author Harry Cruz. If you Google him, it's <laughs> just impossibly solid. My beefs are with. Uh, much like Kira, everyone who voted Labour and uh, also the professional uh, Twitter left who think Wales is some kind of like socialist island especially the ones who are Welsh who fucked off as soon as they could because they know there's no job opportunities here <laughs> and then write like kind of really like starry eyed um, think pieces on how fucking great Wales is no names from mentioned from London yeah my um <laughs> I've got no, oh, I finally finished um, the remains of the day, so uh, my amb- my ambitions to be a butler remain uh, well. <laughs> Terribly thwarted, like still, but well, no, I'm still 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 keen on it, like but unbelievable book, like just impressive. My ambitions to become Anthony Hopkins. Profoundly moving, and um, I know shout out probably to Leanne Wood for like obviously everything she's done is going to be like it's genuinely devastating to like lose Leanne, but like hopefully there are some good can there you know there are some good candidates like. Uh, Kieran was saying like Mabon um, and uh, Sean Ed and Luke and shout out to people like you know Carrie Park yeah, and, and Mark and all the people like Leanne's team that worked their bollocks off and obviously beef with Labour in the Ronda like <laughs> well album of the week is early by Scritty Politics and finally recommending a Welsh album after all this time well, my film of the week. Um, oh, Uzo, no, spe- good good morning by Uzo. Okay yeah this is a fucking great film because like um, Uzo is just like this fucking titan of cinema and like like you know the proper everyone fucking loves him like the critics and good morning starts and ends with a boy shit in his pants because he tried to fart good morning by who uh uzo um i can never remember his first name he did uh tokyo story there you go all right. cool thanks all. all right cheers bye 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 Stan! Stan, you came back. Does that mean you learned the importance of voting? I learned that I'd better get used to having to pick between a douche and a turd sandwich because it's usually the choice I'll have. He's going to vote! He's going to vote! He's going to vote! Let's get out and vote. Let's make our voices heard. We've been given the right to choose between a douche and a turd. It's democracy in action. Put your freedom to the test. A big fat turd or a stupid douche? Which do you like best? Stan's vote brings the total votes for turd sandwich to 36. And Giant Douche has 1,410. Giant Douche still wins. Yeah! Yeah! Dude, so my vote didn't even really matter. Hey, that's not true, Stan. 
you can't judge the merits of voting on whether or not your candidate won. Your vote still mattered. 